if you go to a man's house to cook, there are possibilities that you cannot cook and go. What I mean by possibilities is that there are traps. That if you jump this one, you won't jump this one. If you jump this one, you won't jump this one. If you jump this one, you won't jump this one. At least one will make you sleep with the man. Number one, the insecurity of another person's house. The insecurity of being in some other person's house. That's number one. Number two, changing up. Men are very great in imagination. When God is always talking to a man, he tells him, meditate upon it day and night. So man has the ability to imagine things, meditate upon it, bring out pictures from words. They imagine very fast. So when a man gives himself, enter the room and change up. As he's saying, change up. He's already seeing you change up. If you chat with a man and now as you're chatting and you now say, let me take my bath. He has already imagined you taking your bath. You are in fact bathing in front of him. He has imagined. They have a very great power of imagination. So when I'm teaching about overcoming looseness, I'm not talking about somebody who's already determined to live a loose life. To live for the devil. That's not the one I'm talking about. I mean somebody that is determined to live for God. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you are determined to live for God, there are doors that you have to deliberately close. Else you will see yourself giving your life to Jesus and still living the same life you used to live when you did not. When you have decided that I have given my life to Christ, there are doors. Somebody said there are doors. There are doors that you have to deliberately close. There are habits that you must deliberately form in order for those habits to keep you walking, keep you living for God. When you see people say, I fast every Wednesday, it's not that they are weak or anything. They are creating the habits so that at least, no matter how bad it is, one week should not pass me without me fasting. We've been dealing with overcoming looseness. Got the whole book from just one chapter of the Bible, and that is Second Samuel chapter thirteen. Second Samuel chapter thirteen. Are you there? And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a very beautiful sister. Some translation says had a fair sister. Fair in the Bible is actually for beautiful whose name was Tamar. And Ammon, the son of David, loved her. So I taught you that that somebody really loves you is not a guarantee for you to be loose. Alright? And Ammon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister, Tamar. He loved the sister so much that he became sick. Mm. 
and she was a virgin and Ammon thought it hard for him to do anything to her the stepsister so I'm telling you that the devil can get into your hearts and start making you to think of something abnormal with somebody who is very close to you so he had a sister start thinking of how to sleep with the sister but the sister was a virgin and he was having this lust driving him close to the sister but did not still know what to do until one day somebody say one day yeah verse 3 and Ammon had a friend you have to be careful of the friends you have whose name was Jonadab the son of Shimea David's brother that is actually a cousin to him and Jonadab was a very tricky human being Jonadab was a very subtle person tricky friend what kind of friends do you have so Jonadab was a tricky friend and he said unto him why art thou being a king's son lean from day to day Will thou not tell me? And Ammon said unto him, Let me just tell you the truth. I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. That is my stepsister. And Jonadam said unto him, Then lay thee down. Let's lie down on the bed. And make yourself as if you are sick. And when your father comes to see you, say unto him, I beg on you, my father. Let my sister Tamar come and give me meat and dress food for me in my presence. Let him come to my house and cook that I may see it and eat it in her hands. So I was telling you on how to overcome looseness. One of the ways to overcome looseness is that you must understand the tricks of your friends. You must understand the friends you have. and the tricks they can have there are many times that the devil plants some friends for you that makes you fall into sin it's not that you don't hear the preachings that is being preached but just that the enemy has trapped you as somebody has the devil trapped you the enemy has trapped you with some wrong wrong friends so you have a friend in your life this one is responsible to make you drink You understand? Anytime you want to fall into drinking of alcohol, the devil has put somebody he passes through. So the devil has already kept somebody. He passes through this guy to make you drink alcohol. He passes through this one for you to womanize. You get what I'm saying? He passes through this one for you to steal. He passes through phone for you to get into pornography. So the devil monitors your success so well and it makes sure that everything to make you fall is around you is around you so you must understand who your jonadab is tell somebody who is your jonadab your jonadab was a guy that was very close amon had a bad thought in his mind but does not have the morale of doing his bad thoughts but jonadab tell him don't worry i'll be your coach i'll coach you i'll make it happen Some of you can even be somebody's Jonadab. Have you remember those days in secondary school somebody would tell you, "Ah, tell me which girl do you want in this class?" 
I will go and approach her for you. Even in the university, which girl do you want? He says, is it this one? I will go. Don't worry yourself. It's not about you. I'm not saying you should talk. Just keep quiet. I'll do the talking. Has it happened to somebody before? Why are you looking at me like this? If it has happened to you before, just wave your hands to Jesus. As he takes away the sin. Wave your hands. You're pretending. As if it has happened to you before, wave your hands to Jesus as Jesus takes away the sin. Wow. I had a very bad friend who will go and toast a girl for me without my notice. I will now go and meet the girl and tell the girl my friend is madly in love with you. He does not have the boldness to come. So he is madly in love with you. So do you love him? And the girl says, yes, I love him. And he will now say, okay, just go and approach him because he was the one who sent me off, arranged everything. And the lady will now come and say, Alpha, see, you had love for me, didn't tell. <laughs> Jonadabs. Those are Jonadabs for you. And I'll tell her, what's that? When did you start playing that? Your friend told me you love me and you did not tell me. Love words. For God so loved the world. That's the one who loves you. <laughs> so, Jonadab is a very trickish person. His duty is to manufacture means. I'm going to share with you his tricks. And you listen to his tricks. And his tricks do work. His tricks work. They work like fire. He will just calculate and say, okay, is that all? He said, yes, I want to sleep with my stepsister. That's the conversation. Amon said, I want to sleep with my stepsister. I don't know why. She's so beautiful. I don't know why. But you see, she's a virgin and all of that. And so I want to sleep with her. And Jonadab instantly. Jonadab is so close to Satan that Satan supplies Jonadab tricks for evil. Most times when somebody is telling me his problem, he's talking to me and saying, Pastor, this is my problem. I have this as my problem. I have Before he finishes, God has already told me the answer to the problem. Quickly. When you are also close to the devil... Before the person even tells you what his problem is, the devil has told you how to. So, Jonadab, as a guy was saying, I want to sleep with my stepsister. I don't know how. You know, Tama is uh, this uh, church girl. She goes to Refinance City. I don't know, but I, I really love her. You know, her legs, the way her legs are, the way her legs are, and she is so fair. So I'm looking at the fair sisters now. The devil is after you. All the fair sisters, listen to me. The devil is after you. So he said, the way she is faced, she is glittering, and her voice, you know, her voice, whenever she sings, when I see her. But the problem is that at church, and Jonadab said, is that the problem? He said, yes. Because Jonadab is so close to the devil that he can get tricks from the devil instantly and supply, and it works for somebody that is loose. So Jonadab said, ah, that's not a problem now. And what you have to do is that, you know, as a king's son, you shouldn't be bothered. If I was in your place, if I was in your place, I would have done a lot of things with my king's position. But well, since I'm not there, let me give you the idea. You know, if you say you are sick, your father will want to come and see you because he's a king and he loves all his children. David loved the children so much. Maybe because his father did not really give him so much love. So he had so much love for his children. There was a time that David's little boy, the baby, was so sick that David prayed and fasted for the child not to die. So David is always known to be someone that loves the children. So this guy, at first the Bible said he fell sick because he loved the girl. So he acted along. You know when sickness has finished, but you are still covering clothes. So the father now heard. 
said, where is Ammon? Ammon was not in the palace that day. Where is Ammon? They said, ah, Ammon is so sick. Jonadab is actually the one talking. Ah, Ammon, I don't, know. I don't know what's wrong with him. I pray he should not die. He said, what? They just rushed with the entourage. They reached the house. What's the matter? He said, I'm so sick. What is the problem? I'm just sick. What is the matter? What's wrong with you? I'm very sick. What drugs do you want to take? Ah, well, I just want you to call Tama. This was Jonadab's idea. He said, when you fall down and act like you're sick, tell your father that you want Tama to come to the house. And when Tama comes to the house, Tama should prepare food before me and feed me. And that's how I will recover. And the father can't see tricks. Jonadab's idea. And the father did not think of anything evil. You understand? Didn't think about anything evil. After all, you're talking about your sister. So because I would have asked questions like, is your sister's hand paracetamol or chloroquine? How come it is until your sister comes prepared? Okay, if another person comes and prepare the meal, you won't recover till your sister comes. Say, let her come to my presence. So I am teaching you that one of the ways to be loose, I need you to pay attention. I don't blame Tama for what Tama got into because when you get into the last verse of that scripture, you discover that Tama was raped by the brother. I'm not blaming Tama for what Tama got himself into. But I'm blaming somebody that will hear this kind of story and will still end up becoming loose. Tama was raped by the brother for going to the house to cook. So for those of you ladies that just because you know how to cook in Domi, you go to a man's house to do cooking. If somebody wants to marry you and he says, ah, before I marry you, I want to know how you cook. Tell him he should send you money. You go to the market, buy the food stuff. Cook in your house. When you finish cooking in your house, you bring the food in a food flask or custard something or even a bucket, bathing bucket or anything and give to the person. Exchange it and go back. Don't go to a man's house to cook. I will teach you that there are 10 possibilities of you sleeping with somebody that you're cooking for. 10 possibilities. If you go to a man's house to cook, there are about 10 possibilities that you cannot cook and go. What I mean by 10 possibilities is that there are 10 traps that if you jump this one, you won't jump this one. If you jump this one, you won't jump this one. If you jump this one, you won't jump this one. There are 10, at least one will make you sleep with a man. So, this teaching I'm talking about is not for loose people. That is, there are people that are already very loose. They live their life the way they like. They are even looking for opportunity to sleep with. I said it last week that they are people that, they are tools in the hands of the devil. The devil used them to bring down great people. Anybody that is great has anointing. Anybody that has prospects, God is about to use. Before God even wants to use you, the devil will target your life. You can just be, maybe when you were not even close to God, all the sin you used to commit was just smoking. Or maybe just lying. You did not just commit much sin. But the moment you are closer to God, you now see very many sin coming. You see sin coming from the bush. They are just marching towards you. It is because the devil understands what God is about to use you to do. So now the devil has to use very many things and cage you and make sure that you remain a sinful person. So the greatest attack of the devil in your life is not attacking your health. 
Your health is one of the least things that the devil can attack. Look at when the devil was attacking Job, the man in Uzis. Now, when Satan was attacking Job, you may think that Satan was attacking his wealth. No. You may also think that Satan was attacking his health. No, it was not. Satan was attacking his spiritual life. This was the bet. Satan was talking to God. And he said to God, God, this guy will deny you. He's talking about his spiritual life. This guy will no longer be a child of God. This guy will say to you to your face, you are a bad God. And God said, why do you say so? He said, "Uh, because that's how human beings are. Me, I just committed one sin. You throw me down. Human beings, they will disappoint you. For you to know that I wasn't really bad. And God now started telling him, ah, but Job is my man. I know what I've done for him. I've made him the richest person. As in like, in those days, we used to have the richest people. Somebody like Dangote being a born again Christian. So, the richest person, which was Job, was a born again Christian. Was a believer. Was like what we could call a born again Christian today. Was a strong addict of God. He said, ah, he will deny you to your face. He will deny you, Job. <laughs> Forget that thing. And God said to him, what we make him to? He said, okay, the reason why he's just praising you in the morning and stands up and prays is because he has money. He has money. Maybe his parents are sending him money. Maybe he has some food in his locker. That's why he's coming to church. The first service is there. In the first Forget that thing. If I take away that money, see, he will still praise you. So now, the whole attack is on the guy's spiritual life. But there are some things that are connected to his being stable. Now, there are people that their depression starts when they lack money. And whenever they are depressed, they are bound to fail God. So the devil knows that your joy is attached to a phone. It's attached to this, attached to this, attached to this, attached to this. The moment gas finish, credit finish, data finish, everything finished, you now see that it affects your spiritual life. So the devil was not interested in your health. He wasn't interested in your resources. He was not interested in anything. He was interested in your spiritual life. But just that, he knows that if I switch off the lights, the house will be dark. He's interested in making the house dark. There are some things that he wants to do. Do you understand what I'm teaching you? Yeah, so Satan is always interested. Tell somebody, Satan is interested in your spiritual life. He wants to lower you down wants to lower you down. He wants you to get to a point that you can't pray again. Have you stood up and want to pray before and you cannot pray again? As in to open your mouth and pray, you cannot. Yeah. A devil is really, really after your spiritual life. Have you tried to fast before and you cannot even do even 6 to 10? 6 to 10, you cannot. I mean 6 to 10, you want to fast. The day that you are not even doing fasting, you can stay from 6 o'clock in the morning to 2 o'clock, you have not eaten, and you don't even remember. The day you say, let me fast. The devil is really, really attacking your spiritual life. Anything to make you step up spiritually, the devil fights it. Yeah. Do you know you can watch a movie from 6 o'clock in the evening till daybreak? You can even fiddle phone till about 2. But just say, okay, I fiddle phone from about 8 o'clock that I came into the house to about uh, 12 o'clock. Let me just pray from 12 to 1. Oh, God. As you are just about to pray, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, the devil will just go. Kneel down and pray. Just kneel down there and pray. Yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. As your Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray. Uh, the devil, come and do like this. I give you the glory. I worship you. 
I magnify your name. How many of you have felt it before? Charlie, come on, bring more, bring more. I worship you, I magnify you, I glorify you, I'm praying in the name of Jesus. As in, it will look like the whole world is upon you. You try to even give you the glory. Hey, glory. I worship you. I magnify. Two minutes of prayer. Have you prayed for two minutes before? And it looks like you have prayed for two hours. And you check your time. As you check your time, you say, ah, ah, what's wrong with my time? This clock, is, this clock is not working. You now check the main time. You say, ah, all the clock in my house have a meeting not to move. As you are even trying to pray a little bit more, the devil is still looking for more things to praise you so that you cannot. And as if that is not enough, the devil will come to your ears and he will use mosquito, one mosquito. Yes, relieve the young man. Let him go. So that you stop praying because the devil is after your spiritual life. The devil is after your spiritual life. So when I'm teaching about overcoming looseness, I'm not talking about somebody who's already determined to live a loose life, to live for the devil. That's not the one I'm talking about. I mean somebody that is determined to live for God. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you are determined to live for God, there are doors that you have to deliberately close. Else you will see yourself giving your life to Jesus and still living the same life you used to live when you did not. When you have decided that I have given my life to Christ, there are doors. Somebody said there are doors. They are doors that you have to deliberately close. There are habits that you must deliberately form in order for those habits to keep you walking, keep you living for God. When you see people say, I fast every Wednesday, it's not that they are weak or anything. They are creating the habits so that at least, no matter how bad it is, one week should not pass me without me fasting. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not that their spiritual life is low for them to do that to revive their spiritual life. No, it's that I want to create a principle around me that before one week is over, let it be that I have at least fasted once. That is on Wednesday. So now, if the church now give another fasting, another Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, at least I have now fasted three days in a week. You must intentionally build your spiritual life because that's the only thing that threatens the devil. Whether you have first class in school or you have a second class upper, it doesn't threaten the devil. If you like, go to Harvard University or go to Oxford University, he does not threaten the devil. If you like, have 15 titles in your church, 15 titles in your church, very reverend, beloved reverend, sweet reverend, Nice reverend, have 15. It doesn't threaten the devil. If you like, buy 15 cars one day. It does not threaten the devil. Those things are things the devil can take it from you one day. But you see what threatens the devil? That you are growing spiritually. Now, as you are growing spiritually, you now start having an authority that can rebuke the devil. That's what the devil is scared of. He's scared that this guy will one day want to grow. And start giving me command. So I don't want him to get to a point that he starts giving me command. I don't want this guy to get to that point. Because as you are growing spiritually, you now have the authority 
to now say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, Satan. That is what the devil does not want you to have. He doesn't want you to grow to a point that you can rebuke him. That is why he gives you something to do. So anytime you obey the devil, that is committing sin. Anytime you obey the devil, he becomes your master. So you can't rebuke your master. That's disloyalty. You can't rebuke. So you can only rebuke the devil when you are above him. That is, I don't obey you, I obey God. So if I obey God and you don't obey him, I have authority over you. But if I obey you, I now come under you. What the devil plans always is that we obey him. So if you obey him, you are below him and you can't give him command because he's your master. How can you give him command when you are lying? When you are a liar? And he is lies. That is, you are exhibiting his character. You, you can't give him any command. That authority that God said to you, I give you authority over principalities and powers. That is why many believers quote something that is not for them. See, people say, in the name of Jesus, the Bible says, I shall trample upon snake and scorpion. They didn't talk about you. It's not you that you will trample. Are you a believer? See, a prostitute said, I will eat deadly things and nothing shall by enemy. He's going to a man's house, so they are carrying him on the road. They carried a prostitute on the road oh, to a man's house. And the man said, ah, eat. And that's food and so on. And he wants to eat. And now he's like this. I don't know this man. Oh. Just speak to me. He said he will give me 15,000 oh, in the morning. I don't know. Father, you said it. I shall eat deadly things. And he shall not. They didn't talk about you. He has no business. These are not things. <laughs> it has no business with you. Those are believers' quotes. Those are the things that believers share. It's what believers say. It's not something that anybody just wake up from a fornicating bed and start quoting. No. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not. Wow. So, overcoming looseness is that since I know the devil is really, really, really attacking my spiritual life, I must be able to lock the doors the devil come through. I must be able to lock the doors the devil comes through. So that if the devil wants to come through this door, it's locked. So I am saying that there are principles we keep for ourselves that makes us to automatically overcome the devil. That is, most especially issues on fornication, immorality, and so on. Sometimes I don't understand some believers. I don't understand. I try to understand them and I cannot. I don't know. But I understood a lot of things. When people tell me, uh, you will not understand, I laugh at them because you don't know the things I've understood in my life. Have you studied a course called epistemology before? Epistemology. Have you studied a course called epistemology? Lift up your hand. You have only one. Have you studied a course called metaphilosophy before? Metaphilosophy. That's beyond philosophy. You have not even studied philosophy. Not to talk of beyond philosophy. You've studied metaphilosophy before. Have you done what is called analytic philosophy before? You've done analytic philosophy. So, but I, I studied those things and I understood them. And somebody, a small boy, he said, Papa, you will not understand. Have you even taught me? Have you even taught me? And I don't understand. <laughs> Papa, you will not understand. Coming to church late. Why are you coming to church late? Ah, it's not easy with me. Why? What's that? You will not understand. So, you see... The devil is very, very trickish. And since the devil is trickish, the devil wants to bring you down. He uses where you cannot see. 
Have you heard a song that said, God will make a way where there seem to be no way. He walks in ways you cannot see. The devil too walks in ways you cannot see. He walks in ways you cannot see. Before you know it, your clothes are off. Jesus. What happened? The lady said, she I told you, leave me. You were catching me. I said, leave you. I was holding you. Yes, you helped me. I was saying, leave me. You were holding me. I said, I held you. What, what happened? Where is my boxer? Where is... The devil has finished with you. So you see a small guy and will carry a lady and the lady will come to your house, sleep over in your house, in your room, sleep over. And in the morning you will come out. I said, Papa, nothing happened. No. Not, not, <laughs> not, nothing happened. Not, nothing. Nothing happened. It's just nothing. In fact, the girl is even a spiritual person. Nothing happened. I'm not saying anything happened. But what I'm saying is that it's a sign of looseness. It's a sign of losing. There is even one of my friends. He was doing a program at Oweri. Futu at Oweri. So he had finished the program. He just had one problem left in school. So he was going there. So he did not care about renewing his house rent. He said he had a distance relative. One of the cousins like that. But distance. The sister used to live there. But he is a guy. So whenever he goes to Oweri, he just goes to maybe Cecilia or whatever, so goes to Cecilia's place to stay, and so on. He said, one day, the devil entered into Cecilia, and Cecilia went to take her bath. Just one step gone. Cecilia went to take her bath, and after she finished taking her bath, came out of the thing like that, naked, came out of the bathroom like that, naked, sat down, and was rubbing cream in front of the guy. The guy said it was 8 p.m. in the evening, he ran out of the house, started going to sleep in the church. That from that day, he decided, I cannot sleep. Those are people that care about what they have. My dear, you will not understand what I'm preaching. Have you ever prayed for anointing before? Oh, you have not prayed for anointing before. That's why you are doing this. I mean that there have been a time in my life that I prayed, and I pray that God give me anointing. Give me the ability that I can impart somebody. Give me something that can flow to somebody when I'm praying or when I lay hands on somebody or when I'm talking to somebody. Give me something that can pass through me to somebody. I prayed and God seemed not to answer. I prayed fasted. God seemed not to answer. So when you have finally collected it, you hold it with care because it's not something that everybody owns or everybody has. It's something that is very, very rare. Very, very rare. You can see 1,000 people in the street and one is not with it. Anointing. Their relationship with God. Affiliation with God. Closeness with God. Intimacy with God. I'm telling you, there are people that pray so much more than you, but they don't have closeness with God. God doesn't talk to them. And you start having a green light from God. Green light. And you want to close that green light. I'm not talking about ability to perform miracles, though. That the devil can make you do. I mean, my best times in life is when God talks to me. My best times in life is when God talks to me. I mean, when I'm talking to God and he can flow back to me. That's my best time in life. It's better than me raising the dead. Ability to talk to God and God talks back to you. Or ability that you are sleeping and God wake you up and start talking to you. Ah, God. Does he talk to Bwari? Does he talk to everybody like that? It's a great privilege. So now, what the devil is trying to close in your life is that connection. He doesn't want you to be like that close with him because he does not have that privilege again. So he wants you not to have
have that privilege again. Have you had a friend before who has a problem with another friend and now comes to tell you, please, let's not be talking to him again. Not because, uh, not because the person is a bad person, but because since I'm not talking to him, I don't want you to talk to him. That's what the devil does to our life. He's not having a good relationship with God again, so he comes to you also to make you do something because he knows what he did that makes him not to have relationship with him. And he wants you to disobey him so that you don't have connection with God again. And two of you can be the same. And not only that two of you will be the same, but so that he can manipulate over you. Because when you are closer to God, God can tell you when the devil wants to use somebody. When the devil wants to manipulate, God can tell you on time that uh, there's something wrong here. This person that is coming. One day I was just sitting down in my house. Somebody called me on phone. And God said to me, the person that is calling you right now has been having several dreams of you getting married to her. The dream is from the devil. And now went... Picked the phone, saw a lady. I said, ah, this one is a very good Christian now. This one is a very good Christian now. This one does not even know how to take a good bath. I mean to bath well. It cannot bath well now. That kind of devil. And I just picked the phone, answered a very innocent call. Yeah, please, I wanted to know if I should. Uh, yes, yes, no problem. And uh, I should fast in the morning. I said, yes, fast. Okay, that's all. It was not a bad call. And God said to me, do you believe what I just told you? I said, yes. I did not believe that uh, it's God now. God said, do you believe what I just tell you? Yes. I can't tell God I don't believe you. God, how can I say that? I said, yes. But I was wondering how possibly it could be. And God said, if you believe me, call the person. Tell the person. I said, ah, has he gotten to that? <laughs> Most times for God to prove to you that he can heal somebody. And if you believe that he can heal somebody, we'll tell you, call the person that is sick. Lay hand on the person. Tell the person you are healed. Hey, how many of you are going to try it this week? Do you believe that God can heal somebody? It's just for you to ask another person. If you want to know if God can heal somebody, ask another person. Ask the person, do you believe God can heal somebody? And the person will say, yes. He said, if you believe God can heal somebody, come, let me pray for you. And he will heal you now. Say now, don't use tomorrow. I know people that have doubts when they are praying. They will say, in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that you will come and heal this person. Doubts. (laughs) Doubts. Father, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that you will heal this person. Doubts. The Bible says faith is. You understand? Now, faith is. So, faith is not tomorrow. So, faith is you are healed. And now tell the person, check yourself in a few minutes. And later on, for you to prove and trigger faith. Because I like triggering faith. And now tell the person, yes. Check yourself. How are you feeling now? I think I've done it to you before. Yes. You were suffering from something. Stomach pain. Was it midweek service? Pastor's? Pastor's school. It was itching your stomach. was pinching many, many places. So what did I do? It just disappeared. Just left. That's what faith is. One day I prayed for somebody. I said, in the name of Jesus, I pray that before the week is over, you will be healed and strong. In Jesus' name, amen. God told me, why did you procrastinate? Why do you want the week to be over? What if he dies on Wednesday? <laughs> why, do you enjoy him on that pain? And I started feeling for the guy. He said, you should have just healed him immediately now. So why do you want to procrastinate for that long? No, just, just heal the guy now. He's suffering. He said it was 16th uh, Wednesday. 
And today is Sunday again, and you want the week to be over. Kai, you bad. So I now told the person, come. You are healed in Jesus' name. Amen. So now, after the, before the service was over, the guy was healed. I said, ah, something I wanted to keep till the week was over. All those things, doubts. So there's a connection we have with God that you don't see. You see my phone? Let me see somebody with a phone here. Is there anybody with a phone? Yes. You see this phone? This phone has a connection with this phone that you don't see. Do you understand? There is no rope tying through this phone to this phone. In fact, about five people can come and stand here like the stand and block this other phone from seeing this phone. But there's a connection. Oh God, I feel like preaching. But there's a connection with this phone to this phone that nobody can block. Even if they come and build a very big concrete here that nobody can see through from this place to this place. There's a connection that this phone can have with this one. That if it dials this phone, it will ring, irrespective of how many people surround that phone. There's a connection you have with God that nothing can block. So the devil knows that nothing can block that connection with God. It doesn't matter how far God is. He's not using antenna in our relationship. There is a connection we have that when God is saying, call upon me in the days of trouble, he knows what he's talking about. There's a great connection between two of us that what we need to do is that we need to always remain connected to him. So the devil knows that the power I have is in how much I am connected to him. So what the devil wants to do is to disconnect us so that I can call upon God in the days of trouble and he will not answer. Why? Because the connection is off. So in overcoming looseness, I have to understand that I must not be loose because if I am loose, the issue of being loose is just like a soldier. In the ancient armies, they used to use physical protections as their garments. That is the clothes the soldiers wear is real iron. So if they shoot them, the thing will, go, will do pound and drop. Physical ammunition, like what they call breastplates. They used to have it like iron. They used to cover something on their head, and the eyes would just be there. So when you shoot the head, it will bang, bang, bang. All the places are covered. Do you understand? Remember the Bible talks about us wearing the garments of righteousness. Now, being loose is that there is a Satan armor that you are not putting on. There's a particular armor that you are not putting on. So maybe the helmet. What is the helmet? Helmet of what? Salvation. The helmet of salvation is not there. And you are fighting the devil. And the pound, they just shoot and you did not cover it. Your brain is scattered. So being loose is that you are not well covered. Well covered is you are not disciplined enough. So this girl, Tama, went into... The brother's house, as the brother and Jonadab planted, went to go and cook for the brother. It is very, very possible for us to understand that what I have, which is the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the presence of God, is not something I can buy with money. How many of you can buy the anointing of God with money? Hello? How many people can buy the anointing with money? Come on, talk to me. There's a man called 
Simeon who wanted to buy the anointing that Peter had. And Peter told him to hell with your what? The money, your money cannot buy the Holy Spirit and all of that. So he said that you cut small and sell for him. Cut your anointing small and sell for me. He said, no, 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 no. Money can't buy that. And he said something very powerful to him. He said to him, to hell with your money. I want to be among the very few pastors in the world that can tell somebody to hell with your money. Yeah. Wow. Is it amazing? Are you going to be some of the few pastors in the world that will tell somebody to hell with your money? Will you be able to be bold enough to tell somebody to hell with your money? Wow. That's it. Okay. So, 10 possible ways that you can likely be subjected to immorality if somebody comes to cook in your house. Okay, but before that, there's something here in this book which I want you to see. Some questions King David and Sister Tama didn't remember to ask themselves or Ammon. I want you to write it down. These are some few questions I feel if David had asked when the guy said, please come cook in my house and all of that, feed me in my mouth and I will recover. These are some few questions that they would have asked themselves. By them asking these few questions, they would have just had the answer. Number one question would have been, when did praying stop bringing healing? That is because when David went to the son's house, I thought he was going to say, what's wrong with you? I'm sick. You're sick? Let me pray for you. In the name of Jesus, you are healed. Amen. So he should have asked him the question like, when you praying, stop healing somebody that you need your stepsister to come to the house and cook for you in your presence before you now eat and now recover. But he didn't ask those questions. So when you are not loose, you can be able to understand scheme, plans, plots when it is coming. As in somebody's planning something and before you know it. Most times, some people tell me about how they were raped. See, this person forcefully slept in me and so on. I now saw how weak and loose they were. The other one was explaining. See, this person slept with me. What happened? He said, eh, the person said he should come to the house, that he would help him and so on. He should help him do some certain things in the house. I said, okay. So, so I went there. You went alone? Yes. The guy is a male. And they say you should come and help him. And you went to somebody's house. That's even a sin, number one. Two, you went alone? He said, yes. Eh, but he said his friends were already there. I said, okay. So when you went there, you saw the friends. He said, yes, I saw the friends. The friends were around. Say you saw the friends, yes. So what happened? He raped him in the presence of the friends. He said, no, 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 no. The friends, as I entered, one said he wants to buy a recharge card. The other one went out to make call. The other one said another person has come. He wants to go out to pick the other person. The other one said he wants to go and bring an electrician to wire the light. The other one said, <laughs> and all the five people that were there left until this guy now raped you. I said, well, he was raping you. Did somebody knock at the door? He said, no. He said, even when the guy finished and he was staying on the ground crying for over 30 minutes, nobody came. And I told the person, he said, the problem you have is that you don't have wisdom. You don't have wisdom. So that's why I was telling you that we Nigerians are blessed with a country that is very complex. Our country is very, very complex. That's why it's easy for a Nigerian to dupe a white man. Their country is very, very simple. It's just, uh, hello, how are you doing? Fine. Please hold this phone for me. Let me ease myself. I'm coming back. <laughs> just give, phone, give phone to somebody. Go ease yourself. Oh, thank you very much. 
How are you doing? Oh, God. That's my phone. Thank you very much. Can you do that in Porta Courts? <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. You can't try that. So we are blessed with a country that is very, very complex. You have to be calculative, calculating. When you hold money in Porta Court, you have to stand like this. When there are money in your pocket, you have to stand like this. You'll be moving pocket like this. Because somebody can put hand here. You are very tactical. As so if you are from this country and you are still loose, then something is wrong with you. So the second question that they didn't ask themselves is, uh, how will Tamar giving food to Ammon make him recover from sickness? It's like me now. Nkanga is sick. And I'll go to Nkanga's house. I said, what's the problem? He said, I'm very sick. I'm very sick. I said, ah, what's the matter? Let me pray for you. He said, no. Send Pastor Edi Mamasha. Send Pastor Edi Mamasha to come and cook for me. Cook and be carrying the food and put in my mouth. I will slap you and you recover. <laughs> will Tama dressing the food in your presence or room hasten his recovery and finally how will eating the meal from Tama's hand make you heal that is until he because he said they should put the food in please when you go back read this second Samuel chapter 13 you will really enjoy it wow is it amazing is it amazing they are very many plots so, one of the things I am teaching you now is, ladies, are you listening to me? Don't go to a male's house to cook. Do you hear what I'm saying? Tell the male that their pastor said no. Don't go. If the person really wants somebody to come to his house and cook, he should marry. Do you understand? If he really wants somebody to come over to his house and cook for him, he should get married. He should get married very soon. Don't go over to a man's house and cook. If the man is only so bad, I don't know how to cook. When I was in school, if I don't eat in my auntie's house, I buy restaurants. That's what we suffer. If you don't know how to cook. So suffer it too. Amen. Okay, it is eight possible ways that you will fornicate if you go over to somebody's house to cook. Number one. Somebody say number one. The insecurity of another person's house. The insecurity of being in some other person's house. Are you like 100% free when you go to somebody's house? You are not free, 100%. It's the owner of the house that is free. He understands the house. There are some compounds that you go. The person understands that by 10 o'clock, everybody in the compound have gone out for work. You will feel that there are much houses, and you will see people hanging close around. You don't know that they have gone out to work. You don't know that the person invited you at that time because he has a plan. And you will see him with small compact discs, and he will raise the voice. And you will shout, shout Jesus, shout Lord, shout glory, shout everything. Nobody will be able to open. There's always insecurity of people's houses. Insecurity. Or sometimes everybody around can know that this guy is a rapist. That's what happens. So you shout, they will just laugh. <laughs> nobody comes over. The insecurity of going to somebody's house. The insecurity of another person's house. That's number one. Number two. <laughs> Wow. Changing up. That's another possible way that you can, you can fornicate going over to somebody's house to cook. You know, you dress well going to somebody's house. Please, Pastor Stanley, stand up. Dress well like this girl. Come, please. And you go to the person's house to cook. Powerful. 
Is she nice? So you just dress well like this to go and cook. But when you go there, you can't wear this and enter the kitchen and cook. So you have to do what? Dress up. How do you dress up? You didn't come with wardrobe now. So what you know is that, please, do you have any polo I can wear? Yeah, person give you polo. Do you have any wrapper? You have to pull all these things down. So the process of pulling these things down, your life may not be the same. You understand? Process of pulling this one down to wear another thing. And when the person is seeing his polo in your body, He's seeing his polo in your body. He will always want to come and dress the polo well. We will always want to. Dad, this is my polo. Size you. Size you well, well. Oh. We always want to. That's how the devil comes in. You understand what I'm saying? The process of changing up. The changing up process. It's always when the devil comes in. It's a very powerful tool. So, you see, the thing is that the devil is the one who manipulates. It's called the manipulator. You may not even know that you are going to sleep with a girl. The girl may not even know he's going to sleep with you. But he knows. He, the devil, knows. He knows this thing I'm teaching. He knows that there's nothing that will make her not to want to change up. Because she will not want to smell Afam and walk on the road. She will want to change up. And the process of changing up, something will definitely... So the devil is waiting for that point. When you are coming to the house, hello, how are you doing? Fine, sit down. You play adjusting. And so, where is your kitchen? The devil is waiting for the change up. You see, I've told you that the thing I'm teaching is not for people that are willing to commit sin. It's for people that are struggling to live a righteous life. I'm telling you where the devil is waiting for you. Because I don't want to hear, I've tried, I've tried. It's not my fault. Papa, I've tried. Papa, I've tried. All right, so two, changing up. Wow. How can you go to somebody's house and change up? And the man wants you to please enter the room there and change up. And change up. Men are very great in imaginations. Men. Oh, God. Men are powerful. They imagine very fast. So when a man gives you, say, enter the room and change up. As he's saying, change up. He's already seeing you change up. If you chat with a man, and now as you're chatting, and you now say, let me take my bath. Ladies, let me tell you something. When you tell the person, let me take my bath, he has already imagined you taking your bath. You are, in fact, bathing in front of him. He has imagined. They have a very great power of imagination. When God is always talking to a man, he tells him, meditate upon it day and night. So, man has the ability to imagine things, meditate upon it, bring out pictures from words. What a word. Yeah, go, go and sit down. Don't go and change up, Okay. Number three, cooking posture. Cooking posture, not a powerful thing. Cooking posture. Cooking has very many postures. When you are cooking, if you pass the test of changing up, you didn't fall. When you are cooking, the postures you use in cooking. When you are doing like this and washing a fan, washing a fan. As you are washing a fan, very many things are washing. Also, your chest is moving like this as you are washing. And the guy is sitting there and says, wow. He says, I've been praying for this day. You don't know he's not praying for the food. So you watch. I'm telling you. And as you are doing this thing, the backside is also jumping. And sometimes you want to cut something. The way you are cutting, your skirt goes up. You're, Charlie, you can't survive it. Can't survive it. And he's watching. He said, well, I like sitting down. In my village, I used to sit down and admire my mother cook. I want to sit down and admire you cook. For where? Wow. 
You see this thing. If the devil tell you the lists of people he has won through this very thing. You understand? If the devil tell you, let me tell you how many people I have won through this my deceit. And you see lists of people. You take the things I'm telling you serious. This is how they always fall. This is how they always fall. This is how they all... Somebody can be a believer for a long time. But while they are about getting married, few days to, they fall into immorality. Big time because of these things. Postures. Cooking posture. Okay. Four. Helping out in the kitchen. That's another one. When you now tell the guy, please come and help me out. And the person comes to help you do something. As he's helping, something can be happening. As he's helping. That's how he helps with something very close. Say, what should I do? Carry this one and give to you. Or maybe people are washing plates. As you're washing, give to this person. The person guy rings. Washing, give. The person rings. There's a time that you wash and want to give. And you look at the person's mouth. And you smile. And you bring the head closer. And the devil take control. Yes. So are the tricks of the devil. Will you be loose in this life? Will you be loose in this life? All right. Five. Appreciation during or after cooking. When somebody has finished cooking. The man will always love to appreciate. Sometimes a man feels what he can do for the lady to be happy. Just the way the lady has made him happy is to sleep with the lady. Some men, that's how the reason. That's to make the person happy. Is that they have to sleep with the person. So the appreciation. Imagine the man after testing the food. said, wow, it's been two years. I've not eaten this kind of food. Say, come on, give me a hug. Come on, give me a hug. That was the last thing you remember. As you gave the hug, that's the last thing you remember. You now say, where, where is my brazier? Where, where, where is, where is my... <laughs> Overcoming looseness. You need to overcome looseness. Mm. Eating together. That's another tool the enemy uses. Eating together. I think that's six. Eating together. Especially you guys are eating together, eating, 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 that eating together. Feed me. You now feed. Cut this meat. Put the meat in your mouth. He wants to come and cut it from your mouth. Those are possible ways. You see, all these things wouldn't happen if you wanted to meet with the person and you met with the person at the junction. Say, how are you doing? Sit down. Let me give you a mouth. Yeah, so how is life? How is school? The devil will not come in because there's something called the ruler of darkness. Whenever there is darkness, people are not watching. The demon of ruler of darkness arises when people are not there. That's why even when you want to do something bad, you off the lights. Even if it's daytime, you off the lights in the house. Because now you want the ruler of darkness to take over you. Because there are some things you can't do when there is light. You just want the power of darkness. <laughs> All right. Another possible tricks is bathing after cooking. You see, when somebody is cooking and the guy had helped you out in the kitchen and you want to now take your bath, he will also want to assist you taking your bath. Or while you're bathing in somebody's bathroom, as you are bathing, he may come into college soap and something happens. It's somebody's bathroom. That's where the enemy gets in. You may be very, very surprised that the 
this thing that you have been trying to build, your anointing, you've been trying to protect for a long time, you just lost it because of being loose. So that bathing process after cooking, you want to bath after cooking, so many things can happen. Very many things can happen in bathing after cooking. People that have real experience of the things I'm telling you, they can tell us in details. Bathing after cooking, devil gets in. Devil gets in. Yeah, that's the bathroom. Yeah, where's the bathroom? That's the bathroom. Oh, where is the towel? That's the towel. Yes, you take the other towel. Do you like red towel or white? So oh, I like white. So okay. Um, do you need soap? Yes. And the person will allow you. You now go in. Later on, you now knock. Please, do you need sleepers? I want to give you sleepers. And you now open. You are opening parts of your body. Sleepers? No, I don't want sleep before you. Person, let me come in. Let me come in. I'm pushed. And the last one is that after cooking, you need to rest. That's where the devil comes into. The devil can tell you, oh, please. Why not sleep in the house? Why not rest in my bed? Why not rest here? Why not rest here? So what I'm saying is that you should understand that there is something the devil wants to steal from me. Because of that, I have to be very, very careful. And in being careful, you have to suspect everybody. It's like when you are holding money. Have you worked with 200,000 now before? You've worked with 200,000 now on the road before. Let me see your hand. Okay, well, if you want to. So you, you, I know you have worked with <laughs> Okay, somebody told me, said, when you want to. I went and collected some money. The money was much. And the person said, when you want to put money in your pockets, don't fold it. The money was much. Don't fold it and put, it will show its money. Put it straight. When you put it straight and put like this, it will look like it's phone. You see, when you carry money, you suspect everybody. Somebody is coming closer to you, just us. <laughs> you are suspecting everybody because there's something that you are holding that is very, very precious. How I wish you were that careful with your Christian life, with the anointing of God upon your life. Bow your heads, let's pray. How I wish you were that careful with the gifts of God that God has given to you. You may be very anointed. God's hands can be upon you. The presence of God can be with you. And you don't have any money. Don't trade it for money that you're looking for. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord make it rich. Those things that God has given to you, they have the ability to bring you great wealth in the future. Don't throw it away. Don't destroy it. That's the only thing the devil is afraid of. I want you to open your mouth and pray. Say, God, help me not to be loose. Help me not to be loose. Deliver me from looseness. That's your prayer point. Deliver me from looseness. Lord, deliver me from looseness. Father, deliver me from looseness. I don't want to be loose. I don't need to be loose. There was a guy in the Bible called Samson. One of the strongest. Described to be a deliverer to Israel. Just his being loose. He lost the anointing. Lost the sight. Lost the dream of delivering the children of Israel from the hands of the Philistine. Lost his glory. Was now subject to comedy. He was the first person that started stand-up comedy. 
Say, God, help me not to be loose. Help me not to be loose. Deliver me from looseness. Deliver me from looseness. Deliver me, Lord, from looseness. Help me to be disciplined. Are you praying? Do you like yourself enough to pray? Help me to be disciplined. Help me to be disciplined. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for us that you help us. I pray in the name of Jesus that you deliver us. I pray that you guide our hearts. Guide us, Lord, against the tricks of the enemy. Guide us, Lord, against trending lifestyles, trending behaviors, trending looseness. Guide us against what the devil is planning. In Jesus' name we pray. If you are here, you've not given your life to Jesus, I want to give you a precious opportunity. I want you to lift your hand above your head as I'm praying for you right now. Lift your hands above your head. Let me pray for you. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Take me as your son. Make me your child. Deliver me from looseness. Make me to be a disciplined child of God. Lord, from today I give my life to you. I'm committed to serving you. Give me the grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus wherever you are. Do it well. Do it well.